Yeah. So, no, it's just these technical difficulties are becoming tedious. 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 Absolutely tedious. Just telling my... We need to make a list of what you need. Yeah, we do. Um, but anyways, welcome to Hip and Humble. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mom. And we talk about all things in TK and collectibles, but we talk about history as well from a material perspective. We talk about it from two different generational perspectives. Uh, and we, we try to talk, we try to think about how these things affect culture, how the things that we've made affect the culture that we're in. Uh, we are supported by Hip and Humble Antiques, LLC. we got a location down there, a physical location down there at Fredericksburg, Virginia, at a place called Oldies But Goodies. It is a great place to go. Shout out to John and Kathy. Make sure you check it out. Go say hi to them. You might even catch Mom in there one day. Yeah. Well, I was there Monday. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, we are also, or we also, for anybody who's not local, we have a store, an antique store on Etsy. A Tip and Humble Antiques on Etsy. You can find all of our social media and links to all of our different websites on our main website, hnhantiques.com. That's hnhantiques.com. We're also supported by the WGSNDB Going Solo Network. And they are a national platform. They're a radio network, an online radio network with a ton of great content and creators. So, uh, like I said, we talk about all things, uh, things like inventions and, and innovations that have shaped our culture and our history. We take an analytical approach to history and look at culture through the lens of what we have created and how it shaped the way we act or think. Lately, I've been getting into all the shows with, with guns and horses. I... I I guess, I don't know if you guys can can tell I guess by, by my hat over here, but I guess I I maybe appropriated a little. But you know I was born in Mon Montana and lived down, lived down there in Texas. And family families from Oklahoma, so yeah. I there's I, a few cowboys in our past. I guess so. So <laughs> and uh, you know cowboys are cool, and their their culture has been immortalized in radio, television, and the movies ever since. All those forms of entertainment have been around, really. Yeah, that's you know, true. Cow- <laughs> cowboy flicks have been part, a regular part of entertainment for quite a long time. Yeah, well, and you know, it's kind of funny for me is whenever I think of the stories and stuff that my grandma told me and my grandpa would tell me, mm-hmm. you know, then I then if, if I watch a Western, which I'm not a big fan of Western movies, mm-hmm. but I always picture, you know, it's like my, my great-grandfather apparently was pretty mean. Yeah. And, uh, of course, then <laughs> he was really mean. He was real mean. He was real mean. I, I, heard, I heard stories of him before he was saved. He'd sit out there on his porch and uh, he'd, kill, he'd, he'd just shoot him. Just shoot him. Just shoot people. Yeah. As soon as they walk past the threshold of his uh, gates out there, he'd sit out there with his uh, with his pistol, his six shooter, and clap them. They're well, gone. But you know, I mean, it's funny because like you see that classic thing in the western movies where they're you know walking down the middle of the road and they got their guns on each side of their hips and stuff. And I'm like, that's my great grandpa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Not just mine. I mean, you know, most under, a, lot, a lot of people's great grandpa. But that was also, you know, that that's the South, and um, you know, down south, it's kind of like Oklahoma and Texas are Southern states, but they really almost have their own. They should be in a class by themselves, because well, I mean, they embrace the Southern Southern lifestyle, but 
they're not as nice as like Georgia people. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're just they're just they're, not. They're they're not as nice. Well, and I think you know you look at places like Fort Worth and da- I mean obviously Dallas. You know, <laughs> Dallas uh, Dallas from the perspective of the American West was uh, not a good town. No, 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 I mean that was that was a I mean it was a you know huge trade center and you know obviously you know as far as the economy in that in that time period it was an incredible source of income for a lot of people it's where you know so many of those covered wagon rides they would go out of Dallas or out of Fort Worth to go toward go up towards Oregon or Montana or you know out towards California and a lot of my dad's family, they did. They went out to California, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of people, you know, from Oklahoma, Oklahoma. You know, you had to have guts though, because you know, if you kind of think about it, almost all these folks started out here on the East Coast. Yep. You know, they came over on the boats, or you know, however they ended up getting here, and then then they started moving west. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had to have guts to do it. I well, mean, yeah. because you didn't know what you were coming against to begin with. Well, yeah. So. You well, got, you got and, you all know, of us that come from those people, and we don't do rules real well. We do some rules, but not not always real well. No, because you do for yourself. Well, you do for yourself, and you're also prepared to protect yourself at all costs. I mean, it's it, it, true. At times, in times like that, you cro- you you know you cross a you cross a certain creek or a river or whatnot, and you're in Indian territory, and you know a lot of them a lot of them back then they just kill you. Well, they probably still would. Yeah, today. and a lot of times, a lot of times today, they still will. But you know, part of that culture that's a lot more practical than people realize uh, were were hankies. This is very true. But uh, cowboys, they used to use the hankies because they needed to use hankies. <laughs> yeah, handkerchiefs. Handkerchiefs. Not the hankies are girl. Kind of sounds girl. Handkerchief would be the boy. Mm. But as you guessed it, we are moving forward with our series here on hankies. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to look at the role of the cowboy, cowboy culture in the American West. A lot of American culture was influenced and still is influenced by European traditions. The culture of the American of of the American West is really as unique. That's because we're special. Uh huh. The shadows of European customs are present, but as a whole, this culture really is very unique. It's one of the first truly American cultures. Cowboys, saloons, outlaws, mining towns, gunpowder, dynamite, they all go together mm-hmm. like cinnamon and sugar. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but the unrepresented result of this combination is dust. Dust. And you are dust, not kidding. Dust. Dust and then more dust. It was an undeniable nuisance. It plagued every facet of life in the okay. American West. Now you probably you I, I know I've told you this before. But do you know why Oklahomans turn their cups upside down when they put them in the shelf? I I turn my cups upside down. I know exactly why. Dust. Because of the dust bowl. The dust bowl exactly. I mean that obviously that was after this the America the, this period that we're talking about. But well, I, I had dust even before that. So. Well, they've had they have had dust. They still have <laughs> dust. They will have dust. This is true. Yeah, absolutely, very true. Yeah, but a lot of those, the a lot of the movies, they they kind of downplay the impact to daily life that dust was. I mean, you know, they 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 use it, they'll use it as a as a cutscene or things like that. But it was not, 
It's not like a cool thing that happens. That's uh, the Dust Bowl is horrible. That's every day. Well, I'm, I'm saying just on a on a oh, general, on a, da- on a daily thing? on a oh, well, daily basis. Just, yeah. That the, the dust. I think is I just, probably inhaled more dirt than. <laughs> I've inhaled more dirt than I've stepped on. That's probably true. <laughs> probably very true. And then we wonder why we have allergies. Yeah. Yeah, well, Actually, I do wonder why I have allergies because I've inhaled all the dirt. It should all be in there somewhere. Yeah, you should have built up an immunity at this point. Yeah. You know, poor dad with his, you know, even looks at a ragweed. His oh. whole face, <laughs> his whole face turns red, red as a button. That's true. No, that's um, very true. No, but uh, I mean, dust really was a. It was just a part of it. It, it still is a part of everyday life and and uh, certain uh, the, those parts of the country. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a little. Uh, it's lessened a lot with you know paved roads and, and true. You know, manicured lawns and things like that. But even so, still the plains. It's still the plains. It's yeah. still the plains. Yeah. You know, hankies were they are a representation of of cowboy culture, but they earn their place through necessity. Yes, they do. <laughs> they and they were did. you know, and they were used more for you know not just wiping the dirt off your face and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the reasons why cowboys are called rednecks is because they actually had a literal red neck mm-hmm. because you get sunburned. Well, I mean, that, and that's and why, that's one that's, of the things that handkerchiefs did. That's why they wore hats. That's why they wore handkerchiefs. So uh, they would either they would wear it in the in the front. They would you know put put water on it if it was really hot. They would soak it in water and wear it under their hat so that they'd have wa- you know water sitting under their hat on their head or if the sun was you know beaten down and coming from behind them they'd switch the handkerchief to, so that it was facing the back so that their neck wouldn't be peeling for the next three days a cowboy's you know outfit we'll just call it that but a cowboy's attire everything that he wore it was a necessity, was a necessity. Mm-hmm. i mean it was you know from the hat to the handkerchief you know to the shirt to the jeans Everything was 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 a necessity. Even mm-hmm. the boots, you oh, know, yeah. even your boots were. So, and one of the big reasons why um, boots were even invented or you know used was uh, rattlesnakes. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, rattlesnakes. You know, obviously, they will slither around and they'll come up and bite you on the leg, and mm-hmm. you're dead. Yep. yep. So you got that boot. It's a protection well and then you know the hank and the 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 handkerchiefs are well for them the, well, they uh, could be used as a tourniquet at that point. that's what I, that's what i was that's what i was about to say they, they would use it as bandages i mean even rope in a bind oh, you if, know, you, had to. You, if you really had to if you needed a hog tie you didn't have a little rope with you something like that but you know every every piece, like you said, that uh, of a cowboy's attire, a cowboy's outfit was was a tool, and the handkerchief was you know nothing nothing less than that. And in Absolutely. fact, in fact, the handkerchief or the neckerchief, you know, they referred to it as a neckerchief because they wore it around their neck. Yeah, you know, but the neckerchiefs was one of the one of if not the most utilitarian tool that a cowboy oh, yeah. would have, oh, and they referred to them a lot as as wipes. Yeah, you know, more they they would call them wipes or or neckerchiefs, like yeah. I said, but uh, most most wipes also they were made out of silk. Mm-hmm. So these uh, the the these paisley bandanas, like we call them now, I mean a lot of them back then they were made out of silk, and uh, they weren't they didn't wear those red you know bright red and bright bright blue ones like like they show in the movies because no. it, it just wasn't smart. No. Yeah, you know, the the reason they were made out of silk as well is so that it wouldn't show all the dirt and the dust. So, you know, if, obviously with the with the silk. Silk is also um 
warming. So it, and you know, cooling. So, and cooling too. And cooling. So it's a very breathable fabric, mm-hmm. and uh, you know just works well with that lifestyle. I will say it doesn't absorb mm-hmm. all that great. No, it's not like cotton where it absorbs, but. It's very versatile and very useful. I mean, even nowadays, whenever you go camping and mm-hmm. stuff, uh, if you really get into camping and whatnot, they'll uh, have a silk long johns yep. or a silk insert that goes into your sleeping bag. Yep. You know, I mean, it's silk's very, well, very practical. Silk is a very fabric. practical fabric. It's a very useful fabric very useful. For, for, the, for whenever you're facing the elements. Absolutely. And I mean, obviously, you know, back then they didn't have... They didn't have running water. They, I mean, they they would they had running water in the towns, but Maybe. if you, you know, depending on the town. But if you're if you're uh, on the range between Fort Worth and Oregon, there's no towns, and so no, they didn't they didn't have running water. They didn't have electricity, and you know all of that. So essentially, they were outside most of the, most all the time. If by to, by today's standards, technically, they were camping all the time. That's true. You know, uh, Very true. a lot of a lot of the like I was saying with the the blue and 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 red ba- or the blue and red bright blue and bright red bandanas they didn't wear those because uh, most of the rangemen of the day they had like had black or they had really dark colored wipes because having a bright bright red or blue cloth for someone to take aim at all the way across the plain just it was a liability. Yeah, and most cowboys knew better than to take unnecessary risks in a place where. Death was a hair away at every turn. Well, it really, it really was. Really was. I mean, I the, mean if, if the land doesn't kill you, the elements don't kill you. You still got to watch out for other cowboys coming that you know are bad cowboys. Yeah, well, outlaws. To get, or you've also got the Indians. Well, see, I mean, life expectancy life expectancy at that time was was a lot lower, and the the move a lot of the movies make it seem like that was all that was majority of the reason was because of outlaws and bank robbers but more often than not it was thanks to the dust <laughs> thanks to the animals on the terrain or perpetual close proximity to gunpowder and dynamite yeah i mean they they were always around that will do it <laughs> they were always around incredibly flammable materials that had a tendency to combust and kill them on top of you know, on top of the land trying to kill them, the Indians trying to kill them, and then you know they obviously didn't have modern medicine. So if you're on a plane, if you guys have ever been in the plains, uh, it gets real cold at night and it's real hot during the day, and so that incredible variance in temperature, it's just doesn't do well your body does not handle that well. You get used to it. I though. mean, you do. I mean, it's just like anywhere you live, right? No, my granddaddy was a cold winter. Mm-hmm. Black lung. Well, yeah, he he ended up dying of bone cancer, but yep. yeah, but his uh, ring finger was actually blown off in a. He was going around the corner, and they blew it blew a explosives in the mine, and I guess you know he held his hand to scoot around, and that one got blown off. But he told me that leprechauns ate it. That's not what he said, by the way. I've heard I've heard the unedited version of that. Well, that story. but that was that was the first thing he told. Oh, okay. Me. Then he told me later something else. Mm-hmm. But that was the. Yeah, that that that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> he said leprechauns ate it. So whenever you have St. Patrick's Day, he'd come up with you that stub and kind of <laughs> just wiggle it at you. Mm-hmm. Well, he'd he'd get it like in your shoulder blade or something, <laughs> and then he'd pinch you. But he'd just use the tippy tips of the his fingernails so it was just that kind of slight little pinch where it mm-hmm. just staying a little bit like i said leprechaun 
I scared to death of him for years. I believe it. I believe it. He well, thought that was hilarious. I would have. Yeah. I, I mean, do now. Yeah, I, I do now for sure. No. <laughs> no, well, and I mean, you know, you got to think about the people at that time. We talked about it. We touched on it a little earlier, but they were a different breed of people. Yeah. I mean, and the people that stayed there, the people that, you know, the, the I feel bad in some ways. And I, you know, I hate to say this. I, I feel bad in some ways for the the ancestors, a lot of the people that went west because, the you know, a lot of the people that, you know, they went on the Oregon Trail and they made it all the way across. Those were, you know, incredible people. Well, they really they were. They really, really were. They really were. And, you know, I mean, and it's funny. I think it's funny or interesting or sad or however you want to look at it. But it's it's kind of like it's like the United States has their teams, right? You know, and you got the East Coast team, you got the West Coast team, you got the South team, Midwest team, and the Northern. Of course, the Northern and the East Coast—that's all one one whole thing. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, those attitudes are still the same. They're the same attitude. You know, the the East East Northeast they think they just know everything and they're going to decide the world and California and that thing. They're all no, no. We're gonna spend all the money, you know, spend the money. We know everything, yeah. and all the people in the middle are the ones that work. Yeah, and, you know, but I mean, it's still the same. Yeah, and the ones in the middle are like, <laughs> no, we don't like either one of you. Yeah, well, and uh, you know, people complain about the electoral college system, but you know, the the vocal minority is not what should be running, you know, an entire country of people. People don't realize that. You go if you go two hundred miles in any direction, the people you meet there will be will have completely different needs than you. Oh, they yeah. have they have well, a completely different culture. Yeah. They have a, they're they're completely different. From, I mean, not completely, but but as in terms of in terms of their regional needs or their political needs or or what have you, you go two hundred miles in any direction, you're not in the same place. That's true, and I but I I think though I think though also I know we've talked about it before. I think a lot of people that um, are particularly Northeast and in California and that Oregon, uh, Washington State kind of thing, they don't get out of their little areas mm. very much. Now, they'll say, oh, I do get out of my area. I went on a cruise. That's not what I mean. They don't get out of their area and go live anywhere else. Yeah. They're always in their comfort zone area. So when you're when you're in that little comfort zone area, your view is very narrow. Well, that's very, very narrow. You know, and yeah, we have talked about this before, and and I, you know, I, I'm very uh, grateful for the way that I grew up because you know, as you know, being being a military brat, it, it has, it, I guess, it has its downsides. I'm so I, you would have to ask kind of my maybe my younger brother for the downsides because I. I'm 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 a I like talking to people. I always have. I well, like new people. Well, I think people. the one nice, the one thing I think, particularly with military children in general, um, is you get an opportunity to live a lot of places, be go and travel and stay for extended periods of time, not a weekend, not two weeks of vacation or a month. You get to really be a part of ev- of different of cultures. Of the, you do. You really do. And I think that's a huge benefit because. You learn from an early age that everywhere you go, things are just a little bit different. And yeah, well, it, and it, it's interesting too. You know, you learn from a very early age that everywhere you go, things are a little bit different. Things are a little bit different, but people are the same. People you are have definitely the, you, the same. You have the same archetypes, and people have the same fears. You know, I was talking to somebody at a, at a uh, one of the churches around here, 
And, you know, they they had said, well, uh, I told them about us living in Nebraska. And they said, oh, you know, uh, we had considered moving out there to Nebraska because it was just, you know, so much cheaper. It seemed like this, this, and this. And I was like, well, you know, if I was going to recommend somewhere in the Midwest, it wouldn't necessarily be Nebraska. <laughs> but... They, but they were like, well, we just didn't want to go out there because we heard it's just so racist out there. And I was like, <laughs> I said, I said, you know, I said, you know, honey, it's it's just as if not more it racist in way... this area than it is in the Midwest. Yeah, and, 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 that and always... that's it's all a matter of perspective too, because you oh, yeah. you don't you don't, everyone only believes what they hear about other places. If you don't go somewhere else, you know, the only thing, the only context or truth that you have is whatever you've heard from other people. So, and a lot of times people move from other places have a good reason for moving from that place and so they a lot you know they might have a bad taste in their mouth so if you hear about another place that somebody left because they had something bad going on you're gonna think oh that place is bad because of this person you know but that's just one person that lives there well it and it, it always cracks me up um especially people out here because everything's racist mm. <laughs> this has been the most racist place i have ever lived mm. ever in mm. my life where it's you know it really is well yeah. but then it you know then we go you know i'll go back to oklahoma and stuff and talk to some friends and they're like oh it's getting so much so bad here you know i know so and so now they know one black person uh-huh. <laughs> you know, one black family <laughs> uh-huh. and that's their word of god and it's right. like or like, you or gotta get out of your street, <laughs> yeah, folks. Yeah, but it's just like okay. But you're right. You know, I heard somebody one time, and they they said there was a couple. They were driving through wherever it was, st- whatever state, imaginary state, and they stopped in a town. And they're like, "Yeah, we're looking for a new place to live." And we, you know, thought we would maybe try and settle here. And the old man says, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, how are your neighbors where you left?" And they're like, "Oh, they were horrible." They were absolutely the worst, worst ever. Uh-huh. He's like, and we hated our church. That pastor was just, you know, horrible. I mean, just I had everything negative in the world to say, to say. And so the old man said, hey, you know what? You probably won't do well here. This is a bad, bad place. What much worse mm-hmm. than where you were at? Yeah. And so another couple comes along, same thing. And the guy's like, well, how was, how was where you came? So, oh, we loved it there, you know, but we just had to move because we need to be closer to home. But, oh, we had such good friends. He's like, this is the place for you. <laughs> it's all, you know, it's a lot of it's all your attitude. It's your attitude and your perspective. If you're going somewhere with a bad at- attitude or a bad taste in your mouth from somewhere else, you know, you decide your surroundings. You, they say this positive affirmation, what, you know, whatever, speak it into. But it's true. I mean, it, if you want, when, what you say is what happens. It is. If you, if you say, well, my life sucks right now, it sucks. Yeah. You're, if whatever you say about yourself, you're right. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tie that back into uh, Cowboys here in just a sec when we come back from break.
Anyways, welcome back. Welcome back to Hip and Humble. I'm still Aram. And I'm still Mom. And we are still talking about Cowboys Neckerchiefs. Well, Hankies, really. It's more of a continuation of Hankies, but yeah. we're still supported by the Hip and Humble Antiques LLC. We're on Instagram, and if you're not following us, you definitely should. Definitely should. We're gonna get some new pic- or we're gonna get some new pictures this week of the of the shop. But uh, we're at we're on we're on Instagram and it's uh, humble. That's hipin.humble on Instagram. Uh, also, if you really like what we're do what we're doing, and you want to try and support us, maybe help us uh, with <laughs> some of our technical issues, then. Uh, Go ahead and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash hipandhumble. Uh, we're also supported by the WGSNDB Going Solo Network. Uh, st- again, it's still a national online radio network with tons of great content and creators. So we can't continue to talk about cowboy wipes without talking about Paisley. Well, we could, but it really wouldn't be so it'd be much a fun. Dis- it'd be a disservice, it, really. It would be, it would really. be a disservice. So and it's interesting. The Paisley pattern, though very closely associated with the American West, did not originate there. Shocking. Let me guess. China. Nope. India. Yes. <laughs> I read the paper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. The pattern originated in India. It was actually supposed to be a representation of the cypress tree. And it was used on dresses, shirts, and even rugs. And the rugs that, that if you ever see a paisley rug from India, buy it. Although you probably won't be able to, because those are some of the some of the most expensive rugs in existence today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ingenuity was the reason that this pattern came over to the West. Uh, it's a pretty cool story. So, in the 18th century, the East India Trading Company was having some troubles shipping out their goods. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah, pirates and uh the Napoleonic Wars might have had something to do with it, but might have some cocaine stuff going on with them also. Some cocaine stuff? Yeah, East India Trading Company. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, that was opium. Same difference. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Anyways, a tradesman named uh Patterson in Scotland at the time. You know, it's always those Scottish coming up with the ingen- ingenuity. Well, we always have to come to the rescue. Yeah. Yep. But that's true. Scots are very smart. Well, and, you know, they're going to get their money. Well, yeah. <laughs> they're going to get it. <laughs> it's a, you're, not, you're not taking that away. We're cheap, too. <laughs> you know what? I say we're cheap. We're not really cheap. We are frugal. Excuse me. Very frugal. But frugal. when we do buy things, we do buy quality. Right. You buy something to have it for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been blessed or cursed with that. You know, anytime I look at something... And I like it. I know it's going to be over five hundred dollars. Oh yeah, I just know it. Hands down. Every time. At Paris this point shoes. now, at this point now, it's just more of a joke. It is more of a joke. It's like, hold on, don't look at the tag. Let's place our bets. Yep. Yeah. Well, we I, we also made the mistake when we were in when we were in London. We went into Harrods. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, I went, of course looked at the suits and the shoes. And <laughs> I, I, as soon as <laughs> I, as soon as I went to touch the pair, the only pair of shoes in there that I liked, three thousand five hundred dollars. Is it three thousand five hundred pounds? Uh, well, no, I think it was dollars because I think it was like twenty eight hundred, pounds or something like that. Doesn't matter. It was out of my price range at the time. I was seventeen, so I didn't quite have the scratch for that. No, anytime you have more than. Two zeros behind any number, whether it's pounds, dollars, rubles, whatever. I'm out. Yep, yep, yep. Well, 
And then, of course, I go into the suits as well. And you know, you know that uh, you know if you know that a place is expensive when they don't have price tags on anything. Yeah. Yeah. I went in there and they were like, "You don't touch these." <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will move along. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, it, uh, as I was talking about with uh, the the tradesman, his name was Patterson. He was from Scotland, and at the time, he had orders to fill. Yep, he had a huge demand for all of these cashmere scarves with paisley patterns. And he asked some Scottish weavers around him to reproduce the pattern, and wham, bam, problem solved. That's right. After these reproductions hit, it's pretty easy to deduce that uh, right after that, they quickly crossed the Atlantic, and they became commonplace tools of the trade in the American West. Yeah. Yep. And like I said, the you know the the neckerchief or the the ba- the bandana, the hanky, whatever you want to call it, that was a versatile and widely used tool. And you know it's become kind of an iconic part of cowboy culture or the out uh, cowboy outfits or things like that. But you know it's not it, it didn't it it's not a fashion choice really. No, not really. You know, I mean, obviously. There have been there have been f- phases or fads in fashion that have imitated that style because of the you know the prevalence or the prominence of I guess of it throughout that era in American history. But you know, realistically, it's not it's not like they were doing it because they wanted to look a certain way. Well, I mean, I was kind of sitting here thinking it's like you know you go and you back back in the day and they still have them. But they have, like, the old spaghetti westerns and stuff. Now you've got whatever that show is that you watch. Yeah, Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone. 1883. That kind of thing. So it's kind of a modern-day thing. But, you know, back when the spaghetti westerns and stuff were on, everybody watched it. Yeah. Little kids watched it. And that was huge. Cowboys and Indians. They go out and play cowboys Cowboys and Indians and and stuff. And you just don't see really any actual kind of more family or a show a tv show that everybody can watch from your preacher to the whatever yeah that everybody's gonna enjoy but you know that uh it's fun you know it's fun sparks that creativity and you know because those cowboy they they spoke to women because there was usually some kind of heartbreak or love story or whatever in it and the men responded to you know defending the home and all that kind of stuff and the kids just thought it was so cool Mm -hmm. you know with the with the guns. Guns and the horses and all that kind of thing. Yep. But nowadays, you know, we really just don't have that. I mean, I well, kept thinking, like, Marvel. I mean, you know. Well, you got to think I about mean, it. I love Iron I love me some Iron Man and Thor, but. Well, it's like that. But that's that. I think that's the difference, too, because at that point, the, that was, the, there, there were, it was kind of a, a historical perspective. But they were looking at it. Uh, a perspective of what real life could have been at that point or actually was or or actually was whereas now the entertainment is fantastical right right it, where you know a real a real life unless it's depicting something dramatic or sad or you know uh, heartbreaking it's not going to catch the attention of a, of the modern viewer it's just not it's just so sad because you know the cowboys and stuff they were heroes they were you know daring and they yeah. were well and i think you know running and now because, we just don't be, have any of what's well, like you know, because of the way that it, entertainment i guess has evolved since that time the modern viewer you know people the the people that are viewing things in this generation they don't they're not gonna i guess accept that as entertainment that's not yeah 
Well, back then, too, I mean, it was closer to what they would know in life. Exactly. Especially if you lived out in that. But you also had, you know, um, Lone Ranger. Right. And Ward Rogers. Well, you had real-life heroes. Well, yeah, and they were actually usually real-life cowboys. Right. So, But they also, you know, they were very multi-talented. So, I mean, you would have uh, a lot of these, you know, Gene Autry and Warren Boyd. They would not only do your spaghetti westerns and all that, but they actually would show up and do concerts. They would sing and mm-hmm. dance. I mean, they would really be out in a community. Well, you, I mean, you got Sam, Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. was he would sing, he would dance, he could act, he could tap dance. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. you don't you know, people I mean, with just, that range of talents anymore. Uh, that that's I mean, they exist, but they're not, they're usually not the ones that are propelled in front of people. No, and you know, and I kind of have to kind of start wondering too. It's like, okay, because there are talented people out there. I absolutely. mean, I have absolutely no doubt that there are some very talented people. Absolutely. And I'm like, okay, so why is it that if you've got these people out that are incredibly talented, why is why aren't they out there? You know, I'm like, who who are the people that are popular right now? Who it's like, who's paying them to be popular? Because this guy over here is like four thousand times more talented. I'm like I'm not I don't see why what's that whenever they're so special. Well, and I, I read a book recently that talked about kind of the devaluation or kind of, or the value that we we place on things. It, it was talking more about the music industry and not just in any of the entertainment. Well, industry. but yeah, it, it, I guess it, it focuses in on that aspect, but it, it, it's apl- applicable to all of the all different facets of the entertainment industry industry. But essentially what it was is that all of this is so subjective that they they can't they they have to come up with a formula to consistently make money. Sure. You know, they the way that they advertise the way that they market, the way that they advertise songs is mo- the majority of the time if you know, if you go on the radio, you hear the same five songs. Yeah. You know, you hear the same five songs for 3, 5, 6 6 months straight. And you hear them on the radio, you hear them in stores, you hear them uh, in commercials, you hear those same songs. And a lot of times, these very popular songs, they're, you know, one, you, do you know the, you know, ask yourself really, do you know the most popular song that you remember listening to in 2003? No. No. No, because a lot of these songs, they don't have any depth, they don't have any emotion, they're not... Uh, they're, they're, they're songs that are meant to get money. Yeah. Except for, you know, the eighties. There's a lot of songs from the eighties that were meant to get money too. But yes, this, the, the, come on queen. You guys are still playing queen. Everybody plays queen. I know, but it's not your songs. Everybody plays Nirvana too. Everybody plays queen or Nirvana. Uh, for me, I don't know. It's a toss-up. I'd surprise. I might say Nirvana on some days. I like Queen. Yeah. I mean, ACDC. <laughs> Twisted Sister. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Van Halen. The Rolling Stones. Van Halen and Ben Hagar. Yeah. Well, so Van Van Halen was started in the 70s, though. And so did Rolling Stones, but yeah, I you know I was not real big on Rolling Stones. Yeah, I I found a lot of people it's kind of one or the other with like Rolling Stones or ACDCs, kind of like different I'm more music tracks. 
yeah. tracks of or tastes, I guess. Prince. Prince. Well, can't deny Prince. There's yeah. Oh no, Prince is art. <laughs> Prince is art. It, it it is. You know, obviously, even even <laughs> even the you know the, the vulgarity of his songs was, in a way, tasteful. <laughs> you know the what's uh, the the you know, Bloodhound Gang came out with a song where he, uh, he was talking about uh, euphemisms and he said. Uh, one of the lines was something, something, something along the lines of saying something that saying, you know, singing something that only Prince would sing about. And it's, it's like, huh? well, yeah. 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 He of was we uh, had Michael Jackson. Yeah. Of course, you had the Jackson five before that, mm-hmm. which I never really. I've heard. I don't remember them. They I mean, well, I mean, a lot of their. So not a lot. I guess I don't know if they were remakes because I guess I've heard. I've heard different versions of songs from the Jackson 5 that I've heard from other bands. I don't know if they originated with the Jackson 5 or not. I'm sure some of them did. Oh, I'm sure. But, you know, they, they, I mean, that that group was iconic. You got Destiny's Child that, you know, Whitney Houston came out of. And, you know, I think that, like, that era of music had a lot of, a lot of drama. A lot. I mean, there's a lot, well, of, I, a lot of history, a lot of music history, and, oh, and everything yeah. that co- came out of that era was. But you know, it's kind of whenever you listen to some of these songs. Now, some of them, granted, I mean, yeah, they're, you know, do op, do op, mm. absolutely no. They're just fun. I. But then there's don't a lot. That. Huh? <laughs> I don't know if do op, do op. Well, but I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, a lot of them make no sense, and they're, but they're just fun, catchy tunes or whatever. Sure. But then some of them, it's like okay. You just like told this entire beautiful story through your music in less than two minutes and did it pitch perfect and an excellent job. Yep. And yep. I understood every word. Yep. Well, you know, I, I saw I, like I saw a while ago there was a meme and they had uh, the lyrics for Bohemian Rhapsody written out. And it's like, you know, one artist, one writer, one producer. And then they had the lyrics for Girls We Run the World by Beyonce. And the lyrics are five lines of Girls We Run the Ro- Girls We Run the World in four stanzas. That's those are the only words in the song. Yeah. And it was like six producers, four writers, and uh, you know, so, ever so many artists to get this song with five words in it yeah. on repeat. And that's and that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm yeah. like, okay, where the talent go? You know, well, I'm like, where where did the people go that supported Bohemian Rhapsody? But now they're they're good with five words. Well, that's the thing is that I mean, that, that that music that is produced at that level that I guess mainstream music, so to say, or or the music that is overly marketed or that's constantly on the radio. Those are the the large record companies that are pushing those out to consistently make money. Oh yeah. But the the, the I would say the quote unquote good music or the artists of today, a lot of them are on these like smaller platforms. Like uh, Spotify is really great for a new artist. Like you yeah. you don't have to you don't have to pay money to put your music on Spotify. And tons and tons of artists and bands and, uh, you know, producers and things like that that are independent, they have put their stuff out there. And a lot of that stuff, I mean, I have found absolute gems on there, you know, from from people that are real artists, that are real, really, really good artists, really and good bands, really think, good writers. I, I do think the more that we are 
self-isolating at this point, really. Yeah. Um, isolating ourselves. That that is going to be where you hear any kind of new music because you know used to they would go play at a club or a cover mm-hmm. band or you know something like that. And of course now with all the you know whatevers. Um, now, yeah, with all of the self isolation or yeah. forced isolation, yeah, um, I think I mean that's going to be where you end up going. But you know, for people like me that I don't particularly listen to a lot of music, just because, well, half the time I'm just like, uh, no, it yeah. j- it doesn't entertain me enough or catch me enough or there's not enough substance there to make me listen. Hmm. You know, I mean, I like there are some I do really well, like. Well, I guess and you, general, I guess like, you don't have the desire to seek it out either. No, you know you, that's not that's not something that that's not like a hobby. It, it either it either speaks to me or it doesn't. Right, and like you're not it. and you're not going to go looking for it either way. No. Whereas obviously, you know, for me, I I well, I'll go I'll go look for those things, and that's why I've well, been able to find those. And your dad, yeah. your dad loves loves music. I mean, mm-hmm. he he loves 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 it, and probably has eight million songs. Oh and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 50, he's always has. 50, uh, well, he's probably closer to 80,000 songs now, but uh, I remember that I fi- remember that 50,000 mark because uh, that was when I deleted his iPod. <laughs> and that was a hard day for, for him. <laughs> but, and I... I I about need a I about need one of those neckerchiefs and and you know I think that you that, didn't want one because he would have used it for a noose yeah 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 another use for a handkerchief definitely noose. another use but no the like back, kind of to to round it out because uh, we're we're running out of time but to to round it out like and we're that off topic a little bit and we did go off topic a little bit but back to kind of the tying it back into the American West like that kind of that kind of culture of freedom that kind of that culture of of exploration because that's really what it was i oh, mean yeah. they didn't know in survival in survival that culture of freedom and survival and exploration you know these things they they existed back then because those lands weren't settled you know they yeah. weren't they were they were pioneers they were pioneers exactly what they were and and you know to be able to be a pioneer you had to you had to have guts well, and I think that's kind of why a lot of these TV shows now, like Survivor and all that kind of stuff, it kind of speaks to that little tiny little seed of, yeah. of pioneer in a lot of people mm-hmm. because you just don't have anything anymore. Right. You know? I mean, everything, you know, the majority, the modern world has been settled there. You know, there's, ro- you can get in your car and drive from the bottom of Florida to the tip of Alaska and... well. Technically, well, I guess you could. You can. Yeah, but you can't drive from Tavin's house to Nome. No. No, I looked on. I looked on the thing because we'll be up there for the Iditarod, and I'm like, well, maybe we'll just go over here because it doesn't look like Nome's that far. And I put it on my GPS. It says there are no roads, no known roads, and I'm like, Goodness. how can there not be any roads? I mean, on my on the GPS, and I went back and I started looking. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I see. So you have to go. You have to dog sled up there, uh-huh. or you got to go on a boat to go around. Wow! Or fly in, of course. Yeah. Well, but to close it out from 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 covering your face while riding drag, which we didn't really talk about riding drag, but that's if you're if you're if you're being a cowboy and you're on the back of the the herd, you're riding drag, and obviously a lot of dust gets kicked up from ahead of cattle. So you're, whether you're riding drag, uh, for, or from from covering your face to riding drag to earmuffs, a sling, a hog tie, cowboy handkerchief was and still is 
the most utilitarian tool in any cowboy's arsenal. Yes, you could. And uh, before I do that to her, <laughs> stay hip and humble. All right. Bye. <laughs>